What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shots from the Winchester podcast brought to you by Greencastle Consulting. I'm your host, Al Green. And today, as you can see, we're not at the Winchester bar. So we're actually at one of the properties of Two Fan. Yes. He is a real estate investor in Philadelphia. He's 32 years old, 33, 33. sorry, he's 33 years old. Now, with 25 properties, I thought he would be an amazing person to have on a show and talk about how did you get there? How did you, how did you accomplish that at 33 years old? So before we get into that, um, tell the audience a little bit about your background, a little bit about how you, you came to, to, to be in this industry, for one. Um, maybe a little bit about your childhood. Okay. I mean, um, my family, you know, we, we are from Vietnam, um, but, you know, I'm, caught, I'm obviously the first generation. My, uh, you know, honestly, let me take a little bit of a step back. Yeah. Um, about two years ago, I, I didn't hear about my mom's story coming to America until uh, Mother's Day, I believe, 2020. Mm. Um, I guess we were just bored, just talking to her for a little bit. And um, it, it was a very humbling story to hear. Uh, she had told me that she was only about 19 years old. She, my, my dad apparently, I guess, knew some boat people. Mm. And uh, <laughs> he had some, I guess, some gold coins. I'm not really sure. Mm. And um, he was able to sneak or bring my mom onto these boats. And she told me that if the Viet Cong, I guess the, the Northern Vietnamese for some background, mm. caught anybody trying to flee the country, especially on the shore, shore they would shoot you immediately right in the back. Wow. Um, and, uh, in the process of leaving uh, the country, she told me there were 200 people on the boat, small boat, shoulder to shoulder. Um, at one point, she was in the middle of the Indian Ocean, pitch black, wow. uh, five days and five nights without eating nor drinking. Um, she said that if anybody were to shit and piss, they shouldn't piss wherever they sat exactly, but there was nothing to shit and piss since there was no food and water. And now just as per, not to cut you off, what year is this? Uh, I would say it was like 1978 or 79. Wow. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, in, in the process, um, if there was anybody did have food, they would sneak it in their mouth. They wouldn't even tell anybody because it's obviously survival of the fittest. Yeah. Um, in the process, uh, she had mentioned that pirates from Thailand captured their boat. She was young, naive, I guess. And she had mentioned there was, uh, she thought she was being rescued actually. Mm. Um, her brothers told her to jump off the boat, hide or hide somewhere in the boat. And uh, in the process, uh, the, the, the Thai pirates told every woman to line up, strip everyone of them naked. From what I'm told, they typically rape all the women and sometimes kill you. Mm. But I think this is also explains why she's also religious perhaps. And um, I guess by the, mercy of god uh they didn't kill anybody they didn't rape anybody they did steal all their jewelry and also she had mentioned that if you some people they broke their jewelry in half would swallow mm. it just to shit it out later wow so i thought that was pretty interesting yeah um, wow that's intense and uh from from there from there uh I, you know there was a couple pit stops i think either from indonesia or the philippines and then from there to hong kong china and then 12 months later from hong kong china over to the bronx of new york wow um and that's where i lived my life for about the first six seven years of my life mm -hmm. uh have vague memories not vague but i have some pretty clear memories of my childhood living in an apartment building um in the, the bronx of new york city mm -hmm. um in hindsight, in self-reflection, I'm seeing that, wow, like my family grew up in, uh, uh, you know, adverse situations. 
And um, I recall my parents bringing home like these big cardboard boxes of like just hair ribbons and uh, I guess like beauty products. And I would mm. see my mom like hot glue gunning some uh, ribbons onto some hair clips. And, mm. and I remember her asking my brothers and sisters and we were ranging between I'd say four and 10 years old. Mm. Uh, we would put these barcode stickers onto these hair clips or hair ribbons. And, uh, you know, we were just kids having fun with it. And, mm. uh, but you know, now growing up, it's like, wow, like I, I came from that environment. But more importantly, when I heard my mom's story, um, it was the summer of 2020. Mm. And, I, and I'm just like, wow, here I am. Uh, as a real estate investor in America, um, and at any point, at any moment's notice, that her boat could have capsized, and I would not be here today. Right. So I'm very grateful for where I'm at now, um, and I'm just, uh, you know, just continuing to do life's work and make an impact. Wow, that's amazing, uh, and the struggle to get here, and then to be here um, uh, for your mom and for your, for your family. That that's that's incredible. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you took that and then made something of yourself in this in this society in this in this in this country. Um, so, what got you into real estate? What 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 brought that to you? Um, so about six seven years ago, uh, 2016. That's well. Let me take a step back. When I graduated from university, I, my background is in business. I studied accounting, law, and uh, finance, and um, you know I, I ended up. Uh, starting out my career working for two of the four largest national accounting firms. Mm -hmm. From there, I gained a ton of experience, uh, got ran into the ground by these employers, which is okay because it <laughs> definitely built me up to be a mentally tougher individual. Mm. And um, it, it got to a point where I remember uh, leaving my job, quitting it, and for seven months straight, not gonna lie, all I did was just smoke weed, Mm -hmm. play basketball and work out <laughs> yeah but at the end of those seven months I realized my bank accounts running down mm -hmm. and I realized okay I want to live life on my own accord mm -hmm. and that's where I told myself let me go find a job as near as possible to my home where I can have something convenient but at the same time I must do something on the side mm -hmm. um, I must do something on the side whether it's in business or real estate but in addition to the inspiration of being my own boss, being an entrepreneur, and in this case, being a real estate investor, what also served as a source of inspiration was knowing that uh, I was having a daughter on the way. Mm. And that was probably the biggest source of motivation. Number one, it was unexpected, of course. I mean, most people probably won't admit that, but <laughs> I will do that on live. Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, and, and just having that thought of realizing that somebody's gonna come into this world and and rely on you. Yeah. Um, was it was just something that it's indescribable. So my daughter served as like that that source of inspiration, and then from there, uh, I made it a choice to to uh, you know make this all happen. Um, Twenty sixteen, I said, let me go find a job near my home, and I remembered that I audited a client nearby, got that job, <laughs> um, and uh, from that point on, I literally just studied every single day, uh, enriched myself with as much information as I can, whether it's through reading, through audios. Um, and I knew that, you know, this brain that I have is a mental software. I had to constantly upgrade it. Mm -hmm. And if I sat idle for years on end, I should, I should truly expect that nothing in my life was going to change. Mm -hmm. So I made sure that in order for myself to, in order for things to change, I had to change. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and slowly, you know, day by day, week by week, month by month, and surely year by year, 
I definitely felt the progression and the key to it is just making sure that I was consistent in my work. Yeah. Um, many folks will talk about having a powerful year, mm -hmm. uh, but instead of focusing on powerful years, since that, you know, I believe that's just so high level, focus on having a powerful day, mm. having a powerful day for 365 days out the year. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go to that extreme, but let, let's try to have it be that way for at least 80 to 90% out the year. No, that's, and that's, that's deep. And as soon as you look up, you realize that by the end of the year, holy shit, I did all of this. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. And, you know, every morning I just try to do eight to 10 to 20 things every single day. Things are typically high priority items, whether it's something that I can delegate out, do um, myself or... Um, and those are the things that I always try to look to do every single day. So for as long as I'm showing up every day, being consistent, uh, I know that by the end of the year, I'll be in a much different place. Mm. That's awesome. That's good advice too, uh, especially for people that are looking to um, grow a business or, or be um, self-reliant in a lot of ways too. Yeah. What's, so for the audience to understand, what a, what's the difference between an, uh, a real estate agent and a real estate investor? So the difference between a real estate agent and a real estate investor is a real estate agent is a licensed individual who has the ability to assist uh, a real estate investor on their behalf in terms of the paperwork, ensuring that the deal uh, gets to closing and settlement uh, in a timely fashion. Whereas the real estate investor is the individual who actually puts out the money and invests into the properties, invests into these re rehabilitations of the home and makes sure that uh, the home is then ultimately leased out or, or maybe even sold uh, if you're a fix and flipper. Um, but I myself uh, am a buy and hold investor, mm. so you know that's that's where you know my niche area is mm. buying buying and holding the properties. Yep. And so now you also you rent the, the properties that you own, um, and you also deal with Section Eight as well. Yeah. Um, so tell tell us a little bit about that because I know it's a little different for some people. I know fixing a house, flipping a house, selling it to like a family or something like that is one thing. But you also now you have all these properties, but you're also renting all these properties as well. Yeah. So when I first started out, um, again, it, it, it circles back to the time of financial freedom. But as soon as I started kind of breaking into my second property, my first property was was uh, automatic. I made a down payment. Mm -hmm. I went into the building and I said, there's people in here already. And uh, I realized it was just a matter of then making a down payment in order to begin cash flowing. Mm -hmm. So but then after that first experience, I kind of got my foot wet and um, I trans as soon as I transitioned to my second property, I decided to make a conscious effort to lease to the Section 8 program. And it was my first time. I'm a rookie. I'm just showing homes to families and just seeing the faces on these families, uh, highly elated and uh, just filled with happiness, uh, the, the, the looks on their face. Um, it's a powerful effect. I didn't expect that. That kind of blindsided me as a matter mm. of fact like you know going to this is about the time freedom the financial freedom but now it was more focused in on the impact on families lives wow and that was also another source of inspiration that spurred me into uh going in that direction and making more impact to many other families um, and, and, and that's where I felt that, you know what, perhaps that's my purpose, mm. um, because part of my, you know, uh, I guess journey is, involves a lot of self-reflection, asking myself, why am I here on planet Earth? No, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are we here uh, as conscious beings in this virtual reality suit of just flesh and bones? Mm. Um, or are we actually placed here for a reason uh, to live in service to others? Mm. And for as long as we have our special and unique gifts, 
I do firmly believe that we are placed here to share them with others, mm -hmm. such as my contractors. I'll always remind them that, hey, man, you, you are a skilled dude. Like, yeah. make sure you can do this for as long as possible because mm -hmm. otherwise, what, what are your, your gifts uh, good for if we don't use them? Right. Um, and use them in others and in service. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a, a veteran population um, that watches this podcast, that, that tunes in. Um, and a lot of people know um, from the military um, service uh, is something that you're you're driven to, you yeah. know. So it's like um, uh, even people that come out of the service um, still want to find a way to give back, still want to find a way to like um, engage with their community, engage with the people around them. Um, so so you're a real estate investor with a heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like a social worker, but that's okay. <laughs> Cause like, I'm like helping some of these families find jobs. And then, you know, obviously the, the, the pessimist may be saying, well, this guy just wants his rent money, but of course, but at the same time, yeah. if I'm motivated by that, I'm also helping an, uh, a person now too, yeah. especially as a matter of fact, I actually did do that. I actually, you know, one of my friends, he's a mechanic and uh, a tenant of a section eight renter of mine was um, mm -hmm. struggling to pay the uh, rent. And so I offered or asked my friend if he's willing to hire him and he did. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, I got fired after several weeks, but no, no. <laughs> but I mean, it's the least I can do, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you're doing, you're going actually above and beyond. I think what some people might do, um, they won't recognize a person's problems and then try to help them fix those problems. Instead, they would just let them kind of like fall apart, and then they probably like evict them and do all that stuff like that. But um, you know, I, I'm sure that there's avenues where you have to do that yeah. um, because you know people won't give you any other choices to do so. Um, but the fact that you have that altruistic um, intent already um, makes you a, a better person in, in that way. Yeah, and, and, and again, I think a lot of my behaviors just stems from the fact that, you know, everything that I've poured into myself mentally over the years, uh, you know, is a reflection of everything that I'm just going to pour back outside of me, right? Yeah. Um, that, and, and I'm just a believer that, you know, what you put out is ultimately what you get back. Yeah. Even though I may not be uh, rewarded by the universe, God, Allah, Buddha, whoever you want to call it, this world, the quantum field, the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to get blessed back at some point sooner or later. Yeah. There'll be nights where I'm like, yeah, working at 8 p.m. and I'm just like, I'm tired. I'm like, come on, universe. I know you see me busting my ass. You better, you better reward me somewhere down the road. I mean, that's just sometimes yeah. the kind of the silly, you know, uh, thoughts that I would have every now and then when I'm working late at night. But, you know, just thinking about life in that very logical and objective perspective makes things much more simple. Mm. You start to realize that you're not a victim. Mm -hmm. That's one thing for sure. I remember being enslaved by that mindset. Yeah. And I also learned that being in that mindset doesn't take you very mm -hmm. far. Um, it, it, it actually leads you into a, leads to a mental disease of a downward spiral cycle yeah. of just constantly using adverse situations as these so-called badge of honor mm -hmm. um, as to why one can't do something. Right. Um, but then I realized that, okay, me complaining about why I can't move up this corporate ladder or why I can't do X, Y, and Z isn't going to do anything. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I know I can do is just to figure out what I must do in my next, um, you know, decision making. Mm -hmm. And in the process, uh, you know, just taking all these things from personal development, having that high level of conscious awareness actually allows you to slow down time, 
process the information as it is unfolding and happening. Mm -hmm. And instead of emotionally reacting to the situation, you're uh, physically responding to the circumstance uh, to achieve the desired results you're trying to get. So in other mm -hmm. words, if you look at your life more like a video game, you can then slow time down and then know which buttons to push on that video game controller in order to achieve the objectives you're looking to achieve. I like that. I like that analogy. I'm constantly saying that I gamify life in some way, you know, like um, whether it's something I want to do that I need to achieve, I'll probably put something in front of myself to, you know, like kind of like that proverbial um, uh, carrot on a stick, you mm -hmm. know, to like drive me further, you know, because sometimes you need to learn or figure out how to motivate yourself to do something that's not necessarily something you want to do, but it's to get you and advance you to another level or whatever level you need to be at. But you need to figure out in yourself how to um, get to that level because mm -hmm. you're not going to have a, a, a like a workout coach on your on your shoulder or a drill sergeant yelling at you to tell you to do it you know you have to be that coach you have to be that drill sergeant for yourself to get you up and out and doing the things that you've done especially um, so tell us a little bit about um, briefly um, kind of what you what your plan is because you started with one property. Now you've got 25. I feel like you're not going to stop there. Yeah. Um, and you take it a step back further. I mean, mm -hmm. when I when I f found that job in 2016, mm -hmm. you know, the goal was to acquire one property per year every single year for the next five years. Mm -hmm. And that was with the goal of having a monthly cash flow of $5,000 per month. Mm -hmm. And on a basic you know, I guess a $70,000 salary that a senior account would make at a medical insurance company, mm -hmm. that netted me about $3,600 per month. And I'll just be realistic with these numbers so people are very open and understanding about, you know, incomes and amounts. Right. Um, and, 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 and that way they can have more of a clear targeted way of how to go about with their investment journey. Right. But I, I told myself or asked myself, can I survive off of $5,000 per month? Right. Um, and uh, by looking at my company office around me, and I'm seeing, you know, there's, there's folks that are older than me. If they're living off of a salary that's roughly similar to mine's, and they have a couple of kids, maybe a dog and a cat, mm -hmm. um, they can absolutely, I can absolutely survive off $5,000 per month yeah. if, if they're bringing home roughly $3,600 per month. Mm -hmm. So I knew that by year three or so that this process was going to accelerate just mm -hmm. simply by the fact that I was still working my nine to five mm -hmm. and I had properties cash flowing in the background that after four years and one month exactly, uh, I had purchased eight rentals and purchased my own primary residence and uh, I had called it quits, uh, put in my farewell email, Mamba out. <laughs> and um, I actually did say that in my email. <laughs> and, um, and from that point on, March 2020, I left. And I remember right around April, May, you know, just, it was COVID, of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working in front of my laptop and I, something just didn't feel right. I'm just very in tune with my thoughts and my feelings that something just didn't feel right until I discovered why it didn't feel right. I didn't set another goal. <laughs> I had reached the finish line. I had reached the finish line and I felt like I was drifting and I was coasting. But when you set a goal, man, your life is like magnetically pulled forward. Mm. And, and, and that's one thing that I learned to not be a drifter, not to be a coaster. Mm. Um, and, and so I set a goal of 25 properties by the end of 2022. Um, I, and and, and uh, once I set that goal, uh, interestingly enough, 2022 just passed, I had mm -hmm. reached that goal. 
that's dope, man. That's really good. And 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 uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, part part of it was just being consistent, mm -hmm. showing up every day, mm -hmm. and putting in the work. Uh, what I tell many people, uh, especially my mentees, is that success is not some singular apocalyptic grand event. Mm -hmm. It is the day-to-day -day boring mundane task, mm -hmm. making the phone call, sending the email, printing out this paper, mm -hmm. putting ink on the paper, scanning it back in. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I'll, I'll be very sarcastic with it with some of my mentees, just letting them know like, this is, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, it, and again, it's a lot of the unsexy things. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of, it's doing a lot of the things, the boring things that many people don't care to think of, don't want, necessarily want to do, or very easy to put off. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't see a payoff right away. They just see their money going away. And there's no, there's no payoff immediately. So people get turned off when they don't realize they're wealthy next, the next day. Yeah. You know? And so all that, Menial, those menial tasks moving forward, doing all the little things, the emails, all that. Some people can't fathom being able to even do that. But if they did, you're an example of what you can accomplish if you just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do the work, you know, and, and be committed to it and be consistent with it. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it ha has to do with just having that uh, mentality of delayed gratification. Mm. Um, many people, as soon as they earn more money, their lifestyle will increase. Mm. I've actually learned to just keep my lifestyle uh, exactly where it was before I had any properties. Mm -hmm. um, my mentality is still the same. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, but obviously I also have learned that there is no number of properties. There is no number of month. There is no amount of monthly income where I will tell myself, "Okay, I'm going to be happy at this point." That now that I've reached 25, like, what's the next goal? Get yeah. to 50. Mm -hmm. Then once I get to 50, in a few years, what's the next goal? Get to 100. Mm -hmm. It becomes a never-ending cycle of goals upon goals. That, yeah. in the process of just taking in all these, you know, personal development mm -hmm. uh, audios over in over the years. Um, I've learned to be happy in the process yeah. because if you're happy when you get there, you're going to live a life of resentment and misery. And mm -hmm. so uh, while I'm on this planet Earth, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do my work, continue to be happy in the process and just be grateful for what I currently have. Because yeah. um, I think it's that attitude that's going to lead to more. Mm. That's awesome. And that's a good point to leave everyone with. Um, Usually we leave people with like a leadership tip, business tip, something that, um, you know, might help inspire them to move forward with their things. So I think this entire podcast has been filled with that. But if you have anything specific that you might want to say, maybe something you say to your mentees um, to motivate them going forward, um, what, would, what would that be? Um, I would tell them too that, that highly successful people are self-driven, self-motivated individuals. There's nothing external to them that will make them motivated, right? Now, motivation is just this little booster, but it's the discipline that has to be created through habits. And, and to, in order to create that habit, uh, you have to forcefully repeat these actions, which will ultimately lead to a habit. And um, when you do that, obviously you start to breed yourself, you start to, you know, I guess, slowly change your DNA, your, your, your makeup, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and outside of being a self-driven and self-motivated individual, I would also advise my mentees to increase their conscious level of awareness. Mm -hmm. Some of my mentees are 
not quite honest with themselves. Mm. And if you're lying to yourself, you can't change what isn't there. Right. Um, so, you know, an example I would tell them is, you know, if I told you you have green spinach on your teeth, and if you don't believe that that's true, you're not going to make any change. You're just lying to yourself and saying, no, there's no green spinach in my teeth. Well, then continue walking around looking like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> and so you yeah. won't change until you're honest with yourself. Right. And so that's right. a lot of, th that's, that, that's something that I would see in some of my mentees, and I would mm -hmm. call them out on that. I'm just really pretty quite extremely blunt when it comes to these things because I just have a high level of expectation for, for certain individuals. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's, those are probably my two uh, biggest pieces of advice is to, is to always stay self-motivated. Nobody's going to pull you up out the mud, right. right? Only you can pull yourself out the mud. Stay mm -hmm. self-motivated, stay self-driven. Number two, increase your level of conscious awareness. This will help you better understand how to la uh, navigate through this landscape of life. Mm. Um, whether you're engaging, interacting with uh, very different people, people who can be challenges. Mm. And, um, and it, it is that high level of a conscious awareness that will allow you to uh, increase or, or better your decision making. Mm. Because if you're not consciously aware, you'll be emotionally reacting to everything. Mm. If you're emotionally reacting to everything, your decision making will be compromised mm. from those emotions. Mm. And so... Part of the process to, I believe, being successful is setting your emotions aside. I'm not saying you can't feel. We're all human beings at yeah. the end of the day. Cool. Yeah. So uh, there are times where I can get a little bit emotional, but mm -hmm. I do strive and make my best effort to not be that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so every time you are making that concerted effort, um, what I've noticed over the years is that you're strengthening like this muscle. I don't know where this muscle is, but maybe somewhere in my head, but it's a, it's a, it's, I, I call it, I don't know, the, I guess the consciousness muscle. Mm -hmm. But once you make that effort, it's like slowly as you're ma just making the effort, you'll get better at it with, with it over time. Nice, nice. Not only is that a good life lesson and leadership lesson, but it's a good lesson just in general as a human being to understand uh, being on a high level of consciousness. That's really good. Two fam, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us this high level, like, concept of how you got where you are today for one um helping our audience kind of learn a little bit more about maybe what it could take for them to get to another level um with whatever they're doing whatever you're doing out there make sure you guys like and subscribe to shots from the winchester podcast we're on spotify we're on apple uh podcast we're on um youtube obviously if you're watching this on video Leave some comments too. Let us know what you thought about this episode. To fam, thank you so much, my man, for coming on the show and talking to us today. Mm -hmm.